Would you welcome to this special service of thanksgiving for the life of our sister Madge. There's a little slide presentation that the family have prepared that we're going to show just now, uh, bringing you through Madge's life. So we're just looking to make sure that our technology works okay.
watch that and you have to realize how family-orientated Madge was and her family meant so much to her. We're going to join together in our opening hymn, When the Trumpet of the Lord Shall Sound and Time Shall Be No More, and the Morning Breaks Eternal Bright and Fair, When the Saved of Earth Shall Gather Over on the Other Shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Just before I pray, I want to read some verses from the Scripture, verses that we read with Madge in recent days. I can't read all of them because we were there many days and many passages of Scripture for her encouragement. Psalm 23, so precious to all of God's people. The The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As Madge was facing the the reality of passing from this scene of time, there were passages particularly in my mind and heart. One of them I read with the family just a short time ago from John 14, where the Savior speaks about heaven and refers to it as his Father's house and the place of the many mansions. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Revelation chapter 21 brings us to the future experience of the people of God and during the course of being with Madge and she was conscious, she was able to listen to these words. We reminded her of her destiny as a child of God. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Let's bow together and let's seek the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to this house of God today. Your word reminds us of a house of mourning. And how that it is better to go to the house of mourning than it is to the house of feasting. And sometimes as we reason that out in our minds, we don't fully understand this, but we know that it is so, for God has said so. And there are things to learn today in the presence of death and eternity that otherwise we would not be able to learn 
And so from the beginning of this time together, we pray that we might be taught of God. We remember Moses in the 90th Psalm having spoke about the reality of death and the shortness of our time here in this world. He prayed, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And Lord, we would make that prayer right now at the beginning of this service. Teach us to number our days. And it is just days that we have in this world. And Lord, may true wisdom be given that we might walk right, plan right for the future and make sure that it is well with our souls as it was well with our sister Madge. We give thanks for her life. Thank you for that moment as a young girl when she trusted in the Savior, was converted, when she believed on Christ to the saving of her soul, that moment when she was born again, born from above into the family of God. We thank you, Lord, that from that day she endeavored to live a Christian life and live for your glory. Thank thee for all that the Lord was pleased to do in and through her and the great support that she gave to the Lord's work, especially missionary work. And now that she's gone, we, we think of a family that are left behind, a family that she loves so dearly. And we pray for them that that will be with them. Remember, Dave, I think of these many years that they've been together, 51 years married and time before that too, a long time. And we know how much he misses her today. But we know also the joy that is in his heart in the knowledge of where his dear wife is in the presence of the Savior. But bless him and comfort him. Draw graciously near to him today and in the coming days. Pray for Robert and Amanda that you will be with them also. We know that this is a tremendous loss to Madge's children, but we bear them up before the Lord this day. And for their spouses, Sharon and Nigel, be with them also and comfort their hearts. For her grandchildren, Emma and Max, we know how close that they were. Lord, may the presence of Christ be real to them. And may your comfort be their portion also. And for Elizabeth and Maureen, her sisters, and the wider family circle, Lord, we commit them into your care this day. Bless us as we have this time together in your word and as we think of our sister and as we sing the hymns together. May we know a real conscious sense of the presence of our God. These things we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I have a tribute to Mads to read to you just now that will give you a little synopsis of her life. Madge was born Madge Conley on the 30th of January 1939 in Drumock, Rasharkin. She was the youngest daughter of Robert and Annie Conley with three older sisters, Elizabeth, Rachel and Maureen. Rachel tragically died at a young age from whooping cough. Madge was brought up on a small farm and went to Rasharkin Primary School. She attended Rasharkin Presbyterian Sunday School and Church and in the afternoons and evenings went to Drumcon Sunday School and evening services. She walked to all these services, which she enjoyed, and wanted to become a Christian for as long as she could remember. On the 8th of August, 1948, Madge stayed behind to talk 
to the faith mission who led her to the Lord. She became good friends with Jean Logan, now Jean McCauley, at the age of 11 at Sunday school, and their friendship has lasted over the last 72 years. She still regards her as a good friend. After working in various shops, she and Jean ended up travelling together to their work in different shops in Ballymena and always enjoyed their bus journey together with lots of laughs. At 16, she became fully committed to serving God and felt she was called into nursing and left to study in the Royal Southern Hospital in Liverpool shortly afterwards in January 1957. There she attended the Baptist Tabernacle and was baptised at 18. Madge really led an active life here and enjoyed rock climbing in Wales, potholing and long walks on the moors and made many good friends. That, that was a surprise to me. I didn't know that she was uh, involved in rock climbing and, and potholing, but there you go. When she finished her state registered training, she was asked to stay on as a staff nurse which she did for a year, and then went to Leeds to study midwifery. After qualifying as a state-certified midwife, she was offered a sister's post, but because of her parents and sister Maureen's failing health, she decided to return home and apply for a district nurse and midwife in Belfast. She obtained her Queen's district nurse qualification and travelled by riding her bicycle with her nurse's bag strapped over her back around Sandy Row and Donegal Road. She got a job, age 23, as a district nurse midwife on the shores of Loch Ney in Ballanderry, where she was on call 24 hours a day, one day a week. She was provided with a house and a car, and her father bought her a dog for company. She said this turned out to be the best companion and travelled everywhere in the car with her. If she was too long in a house, or even if the church service went over the usual time, it would hop into the front seat and toot the horn until she came back out to see it. I'm glad we don't have that practice now. Just imagine what the car park might be like if you all brought your dogs with you. The minister would often ask her which day she would be in Crumlin so he could avoid the area because of her speedy driving. She worked there for three years until the first health centre was opened in Finnegan. She was transferred there as the nursing sister in charge of the treatment room and got a flat nearby. She shared this flat with her sister Maureen, who now had developed arthritis, but had started work with the civil service in Belfast. They had many happy times there and and went on many holidays together, which she fondly remembered. Here Madge really enjoyed ice skating at the King's Hall and started children's meetings from her flat. All the local children knew her as Auntie Madge. She soon booked the local community centre and held children's meetings every night where many of the children asked to be saved. Life changed for Madge in 1970 when she went on holiday to Italy with friends. They were sitting in a cafe when three Englishmen walked in and asked to join them as they saw they could speak English. They were camping, but their tent had blown down 
and they were sleeping out in their Land Rover. They soon teamed up and spent the rest of the holiday together. At the end of the holiday, Dave told Madge that they had broken the mould when they had made her and that he wanted to marry her. He said he would move to Ireland despite the troubles to be with her as she couldn't leave her family as she felt she had to care for them. He wrote faithfully often with messages to the postman on the front of the envelope to go man go when delivering the post. Madge often said God gave her the best husband in the world and they had a very happy marriage for 51 years after Dave moved here and got a job in Coleraine with the Northern Ireland Electricity Board in Coleraine as a high-tension cable jointer. Madge and David joined the Free Presbyterian Church in Balamoney when it opened, and they were regular attenders with Madge teaching Sunday school. They are both very grateful to the Reverend Park and the congregation for the help and prayers they have received over the years. Madge loved children, and her first son was born, Robert Conley Bevan, on the 8th of April, 1972, followed by Amanda Anne on the 12th of December, 1973. Madge took time off work for nine years to look after them, working part-time. After walking with them to school, she made flaky pastry in the Primrose Bakery and knitted iron jumpers before walking back to collect them. She then got a job as a district nursing sister in Balamoney Health Centre, working with Dr. Johnson's practice. She loved her nursing job, and Dr. Johnson often referred to her as magicals as she worked with her patients. Family times were filled with fun, holidays, great Christmases and birthdays. Madge devoted herself to her family and was always there. Robert and Amanda both grew up and got married, and Madge was pleased to see them both settle in Balamoney. Madge and Dave often went on holidays with their children and in-laws, and they were great company to have on a holiday. When Madge and Dave retired, they took the job of doting grandparents for Emma and Max, babysitting while Amanda and Nigel were at work and doing the school runs. Madge even stayed with Emma in nursery while she settled. There couldn't have been a better nana who would have done anything for her grandchildren. She never forgot Robert and Sharon's two children who died as infants, Hannah and Chloe, and would have loved to have been there for them as well. As the grandchildren became less dependent, she spent time helping her sisters, Elizabeth and Mourning, with, mourning with various appointments and messages. In 2018, she was diagnosed with incurable ovarian cancer, which had already advanced. The long road began of going for treatments as she wanted to be around for as long as possible to help her family. The cancer at first was slow growing, but recently we saw her lose the fight. Madge has been brave throughout and will be missed greatly by her devoted husband Dave, her children Robert and Amanda, her son and daughter-in-law Nigel and Sharon, and grandchildren Emma and Max as well as her sisters, Elizabeth, and morning, morning. So we trust that that's been a enlightening to you, and a blessing to you, as we thought 
uh, a little just a synopsis of her life and we thank the family for all that information. You know how much she loved her family and you know how much her grandchildren meant to her. And we have a little tribute from Max. He plays the trumpet. He, he felt he couldn't play it publicly here today, but there is a recording that we're going to listen to just now. Bible reading is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 to 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, Comfort one another with these words. Thank you, Robert. May the Lord bless his word to every heart. I visited the, the Bevan family for the very first time soon after coming to Balamoney, and it was the 27th of January, 19. 97. Dave was there, but Madge was at work. That was maybe a bone of contention that Dave could retire early. I think Madge thought retirement maybe was for her and not for him, but anyhow, that's how it was. 
But we can say we became very good friends over these past 26 years. And it's always lovely when pastor and people have a long relationship with each other. Dave and Madge were very faithful members of the congregation here at Hebron. And they never missed the services when the doors of the church were open for the preaching of the word. They attended our seniors and went on our outings. We've got good memories of that. And both were great supporters of missionary work. And they helped so many people in other countries. And I know that Madge had a particular burden for Romania. And uh, she helped a young lady from Deborah House. Deborah House is a, a home for abused girls. And Morella became a good friend of this family. And through her education, she was helped. And she eventually went on to qualify as a doctor. And that was a very good success story. Madge was always concerned for her sisters. And it's lovely to, to have her sisters. They are older than Madge. And both of them are here today, Elizabeth and and morning. Madge was always a great encouragement to me as a pastor and a faithful friend who loved the Lord and loved his word. And we walked a journey together ever since her diagnosis that we've already spoken about. In these latter days, I visited regularly as her pastor. She was resigned to the inevitable. She knew that soon she would pass from this scene of time. And while she was able, we had conversations together. Over a week ago, it was Wednesday. The family will remember this, for they were called for. And uh, the medical folks thought, maybe she's not long to live. A couple of hours, perhaps. Eight days later, uh, she went to be with Christ, which is far better. During that time, as you would understand, we read passages from the Bible that would be a help, an encouragement, a consolation to a lady who was facing death. Like Isaiah chapter 43, those opening verses where the Lord says, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Revelation 21, we, we read from it, and we also read from Revelation 22. And both these passages are speaking about that which is future for the child of God. And just a lovely thing to talk about heaven as Madge was soon to be there. We read together Hebrews 4 and the last few verses where we are brought to Christ, our heavenly high priest, the one who uh, succors us when we are tempted and tried. We read from Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for good to them that love God. And that chapter eventually reminding us that there's nothing in this world can separate us from the love of Christ, which is in our God. And we read John chapter 14 that we read here this morning. On Friday, when Madge passed away, when the family were gathered together, we opened the scriptures to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this passage that Robert has read so ably to us from verse 13 to 18. And I emphasize with the family the little word sleep that is used three times in these few verses. It's a term that is used to describe the death of a Christian, the child of God. And I often think of even a day that you and I might live, a hard day, a working day, and we're tired. And when we get to the end of that day, 
It's just a lovely thing, as you know, to go to bed and fall asleep. Well, the, the day that God has given to our sister Madge was spent, and she was tired and she was weary. And at the end of that day, in the most beautiful way, she fell asleep, fell asleep in Christ. And when she closed her eyes on earth, she opened her eyes in heaven because she knew Christ as her saviour. Madge's life revolved around her family. She always talked about them when you went in to visit, always talked about you in a good way, always in contact with you every day. I know she was on the phone and she loved them dearly. We don't need to remind you of that. You know that in your heart. And so we do sympathize with you, Dave. You've lost your partner in life after all these many years. We sympathize with her children, Robert and Amanda, and their spouses, Sharon and Nigel, and of course the grandchildren that she loved dearly, Emma and Max, and her two sisters that we've mentioned already, Elizabeth and Maureen. Just as we come towards the end of the service, I want to draw your attention to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, these verses that Robert has read, because they, they finish with the words, comfort one another with these words. And so in that passage, there is tremendous comfort for the people of God in such a time as this when a loved one has been taken. And I want to emphasize particularly a little phrase that the apostle uses here when writing to these Christians. And he says to them, ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Now undoubtedly you sorrow today. There's no doubt about that. You feel the pain of parting, the loss of someone that has been most precious to you and most loved. Paul does not deny sorrow exists. But what he does tell us, he says, your sorrow is different. You sorrow not even as others which have no hope. If we were coming to this church service today and we were coming to think about someone where there was no hope, in the great eternity, this service would be so different. But we have hope. It's the hope of the gospel, the certain hope. And I want to give this family reasons why our sorrow is different than others that have no hope. I want to say to you, first of all, that we sorrow not even as others which have no hope because Madge is at home with the Lord. This world in which we live, such as it is, and with all the enjoyments and sorrows that we face from day to day, is not our home. We're just passing through. Without doubt, life is a gift from God. The Bible reminds us in, in Him, in our God, we live, we move, we have our being. It is God that has given to us the breath of life. And so it's a gift from Him. He has even given to us this world to live in for a little season. And it is just a little season when you compare it to the great eternity. And he's given to us many blessings, not least family and friends, houses to live in, and many comforts to enjoy. But you see, this world in which we live is not the real home of the true people of God. There is something that is much better something that is future, something that is forever. This life is short, so short, but 
the home that we go to is forever and ever. Jesus said, and we read this passage of scripture, in my Father's house are many mansions. That's the home of the blood-bought people of God. In John 14, the Lord is trying to encourage and comfort his disciples because he's speaking about going away. In fact, the next day he would die. He would go to the cross. He would be raised again, but 40 days later, he would go to the Father's right side in heaven. And so with the thought of the Lord going away, you can understand these disciples were heavy-hearted. But Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. And he encouraged them by thinking about heaven. There is a place prepared for the people of God. You know, heaven is the place that the saints of God look forward to. Abraham, the old patriarch, we are told that he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. This world was not his home. In fact, Abraham lived the tent life. He was a kind of a nomad shepherd. He moved from place to place, suggesting to us he never really got the, the ten pegs down permanently in this world. Why? Because his heart and his hope was set upon the future, upon that city of God. He was thinking about the house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And that's where Madge is today. If we could just see her, she's in glory. That moment she closed her eyes in the sleep of death, she opened them in glory, in that land that is fairer than day. And she's gone there just a little bit before the rest of us. But we're comforted because we know where she is. You sorrow not even as others which have no hope because suffering and sorrow is over forever. There's no more of that in heaven. Jesus says, in this world ye shall have tribulation. This is where we have the trials and the heartbreak. This earth is a, a valley of tears. And you don't need to be long in this life before you understand the sorrows and the afflictions. Sickness, pain, suffering. Disease, depression and disappointment all belong to this world. And we face these things. Madge battled with, with disease for over four years. And her family and her friends know better any discomfort and suffering that she had to endure. But we know that matters worsened in the past number of days. But I want you to know there's no suffering in heaven. We read those beautiful words, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And I was just reminding the family before we came here, heaven is the place of the no mores. Those things that afflict us in this life, there's no more of them when you get to glory. Another reason why your sorrow is different and you sorrow not as others which have no hope is because we have the certain hope of seeing her again. Those of us that know the Savior. There will be a glad reunion day. In fact, this passage that was read speaks about those which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. That's the dead that are raised to life again, 
to meet the Lord in the air. All of us who have found Christ as our Savior, redeemed by his blood and saved by his grace, pardoned by infinite mercy, will meet again in the sweet by and by. Oh, there's a sweet by and by. You're saved by God's grace. You're prepared for heaven. You've been made a child of God through the new birth. Well, then you will meet our dear sister again. And I wonder, have you got that that certain hope of eternal life and salvation? Have you sought Jesus Christ as Madge did those years ago as your personal saviour? Are you found in him? And if you are, you're going to be part of that great reunion day. Something to look forward to. You sorrow not even as others which have no hope because you have a wonderful friend to turn to in your sorrow. His name is Jesus. He's the one who was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Who was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. He's the man of sorrows who was acquainted with our grief. He has borne our griefs, the Bible says. He has carried our sorrows. He's the sympathizing Savior. And as man, he knows exactly what you're passing through today because he became like unto us. He took unto himself flesh of our flesh, bone of our bone. He took our nature and therefore he knows how we feel. There is a friend, the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother, and that's the Lord. He joined the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. If you read Daily Light, and I know that Madge did, that was in Daily Light this morning. Jesus himself drew near, and he went with them. And that's what he does today. He, he still comes to his sorrowing people. He stood outside the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and the Bible says, the shortest verse in all the Bible, Jesus wept, and he still weeps with those who weep. So you have a friend to turn to. Joseph Scriven wrote the words of, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. He was an Ulster man. He was born just outside the town of Bambridge. He was educated in Trinity College, Dublin, as a school teacher. That was his profession. He was engaged to be married. But the night before the wedding day, his wife was in an accident, a terrible accident. She was thrown off a horse into a river and she drowned. And he was plunged immediately into sorrow. It was that very event of sorrow that brought Joseph Scriven to know Christ as a saviour. He emigrated to Canada By and by, he fell in love again, was engaged to be married. But some weeks before the marriage day, his wife became ill, took a fever, and she died. Plunged twice into a similar kind of sorrow. He knew about sorrow. His mother was living back here in Northern Ireland. She had been unwell. So one day he wrote a little poem to comfort his mother. And so he began to write, What a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. He spoke from personal experience. And I trust that's your experience today, that you know the friend that you have in Jesus Christ. 
And then there's one other reason why we sorrow differently. Our sorrow is, is tainted with joy. And that is the death of a Christian is, is often used to bring others to Christ through the home calling of a child of God. The Lord often speaks. He, he speaks perhaps more loudly and urgently in such times and when we're faced with death. Sometimes we go through life merrily and we don't think much about our soul. We don't think much about eternity. We don't think much about our need of Christ. But, but then death intrudes and we are brought face to face in a very powerful way with the reality of death and leaving this life and the great eternity of God. Maybe today there is someone here and you don't know the Lord. And you're still in your sin. And you're on the broad road that leads to a lost eternity. Now Madge is gone. She is with Christ. But she, being dead, yet speaketh. And she would urge you, I know this with all my heart, she would urge you to seek Christ as your Savior. She would implore you to get right with God. She would plead with you to turn from your sin and flee to Christ. Now in glory with that great multitude that no man can number gathered around the celestial throne of God and the Lamb she would cry out in the words of the hymn meet me here meet me here where the tree of life is blooming meet me here when the storms of life are o'er on the happy golden shore where the faithful part no more meet me here is it not time to seek the Lord if you haven't done so already call upon his name perhaps no better day than today when we are brought to remember Madge who's with the Lord we're face to face with death and eternity and as we sorrow not as others which have no hope I trust that through the home calling of Madge Bevan the Lord will speak to us all and if you know not the Savior you will turn and seek the one that she loved and served from childhood May it be so today, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We have a closing hymn, and it's reminding the family particularly that, you know, God is going to take care of you, no matter what our days are on this earth, no matter what we face, including a day like this, God will take care of you. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you.
I'll ask you to remain standing, please, just before we pray. Let me say that we're going across the road for the interment to Ballad Money Cemetery. And then there's tea in the church hall. You just come back here if you'd like to do that. The family would love to meet you back here, if that's at all possible, and enjoy a cup of tea together and something to eat. Almighty God and gracious Father, we thank you for a conscious sense of the presence of God with us today. And we pray that when the voice of man is silent, that God's voice will speak on. This preacher's voice will be silent now, but we also know that Madge's voice is silent. And we think of all those things that she said and all that witness that she gave. We pray that it will speak on. And may God be glorified. May the comfort of God be the family's portion every day. Remember Dave, remember Robert and Amanda, and their spouses. Remember Emma and Max, we commit them into your care. Elizabeth and Maureen too, and we pray for the wider family circle and friends that are here. We commit them into your care. Dismiss us now with the blessing of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you.